You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live here on the Real Presence Radio Network. We are excited to welcome our next guest. He is such a gifted artist. And I think that's even underplaying a little bit, wouldn't you think so, John? Absolutely. Uh, you know, composer extraordinaire in, in true. And how he shares his music is truly a gift to others in, in being able to offer it to those who wouldn't normally be able to receive the gift of music in, in where they're at. And so let's welcome in Eric Jenis. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Such an honor to be on the show. It is a great honor to visit with you. For those who haven't heard about you, though, can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Sure. Um, yeah, I know I, I'm, I'm in a lot of dark places, so I stay under the radar. <laughs> so, um, so my name is Eric Jenis, and I'm, I'm a composer. So I'm a pianist, and I tour with a world-class violinist and cellist, and he's these soloists that I bring, they truly can solo anywhere in the world. So these aren't just, you know, oh, good players, and you just bring them along. Um, they're not. They're phenomenal players that can solo anywhere. And there's a reason. And, and, and I take a vocalist as well. So four of us go in. And I go in, and I'm, very, and I'm just shy of a thousand prison concerts. So I've played concerts in prisons all over the world. And as long as they keep letting me out, guys, I keep going back in. So anyway, it's great fun. But... Prisons, um, rehab centers, inner city schools, and a lot of people would sort of react by saying, oh, well, you know, that's, that's nice. You go into the prisons and you sort of console them and entertain them. Gentlemen, that's the last thing in the world that I would leave my family to do is to go and, and entertain people anywhere. Um, yeah. If you want entertainment, you're not shy of it anywhere. And so, but in, in order to really get sort of what, I, what I'm trying to do, um, I just want to take a second and explain it. Um, it, it, it involves the, the concept of music. So we in our current day have something like we've never had before, and that is that we have the Internet, which means we have the world library of music at our fingertips. We've never had that. Never in history have you wanted to hear a piece. Right now while I'm speaking to you, you guys can decide, oh, you know what, I feel like listening to you know, a Mozart piano concerto. And you can put on your headphones and listen to it as we speak. And, you know, and nobody would know. You've got your headphones, you've got the privacy of your own device. That's never been before. We, I mean, music has always been expensive. You have to go to the record store. And, and you know, we sort of, and, and we, we've lost the definition of what music is. So music is entertainment, music is, it's all about flash, it's all about pop, sort of uh, idolatry here, where we have to worship the guy on stage. It's to the point where, sadly, where a lot of, well, if we go to a rock concert or something, what we're seeing, we're not hearing. You know, I was playing at a, at a festival, <laughs> and they had a rock band, and the rock band did a sound check, and their sound check was their track. And I'm thinking, what, what kind of sound check is that? Like, I've never seen a sound check like that, where, where I heard the whole band do a sound check at once, and really what it was, was that's what the audience was hearing. They were hearing the CD played or a background track played, 90% of what you were hearing was pre-recorded. It wasn't even live. And yet our audience doesn't care because musically that's their experience now. So the question is, 
what is music? Is, is, is it okay if there's, if there's, you know, that, that this is going on? Is it okay if music is foul? Like right now, the most, the most famous piece out there is very vulgar. So what is music? And it's about time we ask that question. And it's all related to why I go in. So very, very, I'll, I'll, I'll be very brief. Um, so the question is, you know, what is music and, and, and why do this work going into the prisons and rehab centers? Well, um, Confucius said, if you want to know the morality of the nation, gentlemen, he said, let me hear the music. He didn't say, let me hear or read the textbooks. He said, let me hear the music. So he felt so strongly about the music that he felt music dictated the, um, the, 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 you know, that of the culture. They, they dictated the morality of the culture. And Plato said, if you want to govern a nation, you don't need the laws, you need the music. Because if you have the music, then you move their heart. So there is something about music that these people understood thousands of years ago that connects with the heart and connects with that which animates us, the soul, if you will, on a very deep, deep level. So then, knowing that, when I go in, gentlemen, the reactions are strong. The first time I went into the prison, um, you know, this one man stood up in the middle of the show. Now, when an inmate stands up in the middle of the show, my first instinct is is to run. But anyway, when you get over that, (laughs) when you get over that, he yelled out, I forgot what hope felt like. Now, you got to picture this, guys. Everything in these prisons are ugly. I think we may have lost Eric, but we'll get him back on the line. Again, we're visiting with Eric Jenis about an upcoming... Well, first of all, we're talking about just the beauty and the the gift of music. And what's really awesome is that as we continue this discussion, we can introduce the fact that we have a public concert coming up on September 20th at St. Santa Joachim Church in Fargo. It's a concert for the whole family. And as he was talking about, it's an opportunity to encounter music in in a whole different way, a a way that will just change your mindset about what music and beauty is. You know, your your message is so powerful, Eric, and and, uh, what you bring to people. What I find so amazing is that you speak to prisons, to recovery units, to churches, to schools, to probably corporate events. I mean, your 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 impact and exposure of this type of music uh, is such a broad array uh, of, of 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 listeners of people that you that are experiencing this. Um, and just to get back, just a real quick question here: the concerts for hope is what your ministry is called. Correct? Is is there? Can you tell us how you came to name that? That and that message of hope, like I said, goes along um, a, a vast array of society. Yeah. So, concerts for hope. So, you know, just with regards to the prisons, I mean, I saw them have such strong reactions, and so I thought one man yelled up. He stood up and he yelled, "I forgot what hope felt like." So in the midst of this ugly prison, this guy is yelling this stuff. Now, I've had very similar sentiments said by kids in juvenile prisons. In fact, I played at this one prison where kids were tried and convicted as adults. They were 15-year-olds going away for 30-plus years. And one kid said, oh, this is the first time I've ever had any sense of hope. And so, you know, is that weird that that's associated with music? Absolutely not, because music is beauty, and beauty inspires. Guys, I played once with this gang member 
started crying. The lead gang member in the room, 300 kids going away for 30 years. And he, and he starts to cry at the end of the show and says, that violin is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. Why have I never heard it before? Guys, this is a 15-year-old kid. And so most people would say, ah, oh, that kid's not going to relate to the violin. And here he's crying for the violin. So he knows everything about rap, everything about hip-hop, and all the culture that goes along with all that stuff. But doesn't, and screamo metal and heavy metal and all that. Doesn't know anything about that which moves him the most. And yet, and yet what do we have? We have music, and we didn't feed him through the Internet. We, have, we could have given him the violin, and we didn't. We could have given him the cello, and we didn't. So I thought, you know what, in looking at all these prisoners all over the world, like I played for this one place in, in Australia, in Australian prisons, and it was where they have, like, um, you know, the segregation units. You know what I mean? So these guys, so I wasn't allowed to be in the building, and they weren't allowed to be out. So I played to a wall, and behind the wall were all about 600 prisoners. And the letters I got from these guys were staggering about hope. And that's when I thought, you know what, this is Conscious for Hope. Somehow, you know, God has given me this little gift to be able to write music and to perform it in a way that goes in and stirs these people, young, old, rich, poor, sophisticated or not. I played in Al Capone's prison, and, and this one guy stood up and says, I don't know what those things are, pointing to the violin and the cello. Didn't know what they were, and he said, but I've never been more moved in all my life. As long as you're playing, I'm not in this ugly prison. So that's why it's about hope. So here are people that are bathing in ugliness. They're exposed to beauty, because my musicians are, are, are phenomenal. They're exposed to beauty, and they're uplifted, and they're encouraged, and they're excited. And so I look at that stuff, and I think that's what beauty does. Art was always meant to be. Art was always meant to uplift the human condition and, and elevate it beyond the imperfect, which is us, and point to the perfect. Ultimately, to Almighty God. That's the whole purpose of art. So I'm looking at, so my concert is not a Catholic concert, guys, so everyone's invited. Bring the children. It doesn't matter if they cry. Bring them. Bring the family. I would love to see, you know, like everybody's walking. It'll be exciting. I think it's a great point you bring up about that encounter with God because, you know, when these prison mates and, and you know, those who are in the different places that you visit, when they encounter the beauty, they do encounter God. And I think that's a... It's a great evangelization tool, and we have just a couple minutes here before break, but I wonder if you can talk about just, without even talking necessarily about God, it's a way for God to get through to them and encounter them and touch their lives. Okay, great, great point. So, so let's go back to that boy in that prison. You, you don't stand up and cry in prison. You don't, because it shows weakness. What makes this gang leader stand up in the middle of 300 other kids start to cry? Because there's something in him that's moved beyond him. So he's acting almost involuntarily. Maybe this was his humanity touched for the first time. The humanity where he truly dwells. Everything else, all the violence and all the acting out, that's all stuff that you learn. But who is he really? This is a young boy made in the image of God. There's a great, profound, mystical dignity that is sublime, that is unspeakable, unreachable within that boy. How is that tapped into? Well, you can't convince him of hope. It comes through beauty. There's something that goes in there and touches him in the way that uplifts his humanity and gives and makes him realize his profound dignity in a way that never has before. That's why I go in. 
That's, that's why I go to the ugly places. That's why, gentlemen. So that's the whole purpose of it. And, and why do I go and play in concert halls as well? Because I want to teach the leaders this. I played for Jay-Z at, his, at Rock Nation in, um, in California. Why? Because I want them to get it. Because Jay-Z is in every kid's ears throughout the world. Right? He has this Rock Nation company. He has the biggest artist in the world. He's got the most successful um, you know, artist company in the world. And he's in every kid's ear. And yeah. you want to encourage these leaders to give good and beautiful stuff. The only way to do it is to first move them beyond their words. How do you do that? Through beauty. And God, guys, that's what this is all about. So if people come to the concert in, 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 in North Dakota there, and if they wreck and, and break, you know, they say, oh, my kid's not going to relate to it or doesn't want to come do it. I promise you, I play for the toughest kids in the world. I play for kids who have been convicted, you know, of adult crimes. And rooms of them. Your kid's going to relate to the concert, I promise you. That's great. Eric, we do need to head to a quick break here, so stay with us. We're going to continue our conversation with the wonderfully gifted, wonderfully talented Eric Jenis right after this. Stay with us. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Mark Holcraft. And this is Dr. Joseph Holcraft. You know, Mark, Jesus asks 307 questions in sacred scripture. He has asked 183, of which he only answers three. What's the business with all of this questioning going on in the Bible? Well, Joe, there's a lot there, and we'll be ready to take that on. Tune in to hear about these questions and more on Awaken every second and fourth Wednesday at 7 a.m. Central here on Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision provides eye exams for the whole family and specialty services like vision therapy and custom contact lenses. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Moto Eyewear, which gives away a pair of glasses to a child in need for every frame sold. We are so grateful for your support and grateful to be supporting RPR. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. I love how he just talked about bringing messages of hope, because if you are just tuning into Real Presence Live, you are going to be hearing a message of hope as we continue our discussion with Eric Janis. He is a talented composer, artist, performer, 
who is changing how we encounter what music is and what true beauty is. You know, he talked about his visits to nearly a thousand prisons now, to rehab centers, to inner city schools, and sharing how him and the violinist and cellist and the vocalist, all, all of them together, can lead gang members to encounter music in a way that brings them to tears. These are gang members, hardened criminals who are moved to tears because of the beauty they encounter. And so I want to welcome back Eric Janis. Eric, thanks for staying with us. Oh, such an honor. Thank you, guys. You know, one of the things you were talking about early on in the interview was how, if you want to know what the morality of the nation is, let me hear the music by Confucius had said that. And what I think about is, and you had also talked about, you know, playing music for Jay-Z so he can encounter this beauty, this music. There's a saying out there that says, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and I think it's a lie. Because I think there is such thing as true beauty. And I think what you bring to the musical world is true beauty, is an encounter with the divine. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. I just think humanity comes up with these sayings that have no meaning whatsoever. So beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Well, if my life happens to be going through incredible tragedy right now, and, and somehow I relate to something that is very depressing, ugly, and, and demeaning, and sort of less than human, that that's sort of beauty because it resonates with me or whatever. And, and there's no objective. It's just kind of out there. That saying to me has no meaning whatsoever. Zero. And zero value and zero worth, and it's not worth reflecting on because there's absolutely nothing to it. It's completely empty of anything. I look at... Um, when I go and I play, you know, whether it's for the classical elite, whether it's for the artist elite, or whether it's for, you know, the rich and the famous, or whether it's for, like, you know, I played in Movie Stars Home one day as a fundraiser for my work, and then that afternoon, I played in, um, in a homeless shelter. And, you know, I just think, you know, and they're all moved, and I'm grateful. I look at this, and I think beauty was always meant to draw us to God. That's what beauty does. Beauty uplifts the soul. And art is meant to transcend and always point to the higher part of the human condition. Always. Always meant to be. Now, we sort of kind of demean that and said anything is art. Well, no, not everything is art. And you look at playing for, you know, the, the cross-section. Why does someone who, you know, in, in these prisons, you know, these, a lot of people that I play for have mental illness, have emotional illness, Yet they're moved. I'll never forget this one guy in Connecticut got really angry, and he said, I'm so moved. And then he started yelling at me, why have I never heard this before? Why is this the first time I'm hearing this? And he started, he was visibly upset and visibly angry. Well, the poor guy suffers a lot from mental illness, but he is still so moved. And yet, you know, like, and yet Jay-Z was very, very favorable, and people at Rock Nation were very, very favorable. Very unfamiliar with my style of music, but very favorable to it. Why does it move it? Because there is something in the... Oh, here's a great story. I'm playing in Texas. This one guy comes up with all these satanic tattoos all over the place, comes up, and he's crying. And he says, three of my closest family members died this year, and I didn't cry. I never cried. I've never cried in my life, he said. And yet, I'm crying at this concert. Why am I crying? And I hugged this boy. He was about 19. And I said, you're crying because you're good. You are good. You are born good. You are good. I said, you can put as much ink on your body as you like. Believe me, guys, there's a lot of tough customers in those prisons. (laughs) 
You know, I said, you can put as much ink as you like, but you are good. You are deeply good. I said, and the good in you is responding to the beauty like everybody else. You are good. And then I just sort of jumped around to them. I said, by the way, Satan didn't die for you. Satan doesn't love you. Satan doesn't care for you. You may want to rethink that one. And then we moved on. But it was just, you know, no matter what their background is, the human heart recognizes beauty and it reacts and responds. That's that's amazing. That's that's really a, a, a true uh, a true illustration of what music can do to people and how it can it can break through those barriers. Now you'll be coming to Fargo, North Dakota, on September twentieth, next Monday, and you'll be having a concert at seven p.m. Um, what brings you to Fargo? What can you uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you plan to uh, to bring to uh, the, the parish? I'm so excited to play uh, to, to play at the parish. Yes, it is next. It's next Monday at 7 p.m. and it will start at 7. I have I'll have an amazing violinist, cellist, and a singer with me. The concert will be about an hour and a half to two hours long. I take questions. I'll be there afterwards. Um, you know, to meet anybody that wants to meet. Um, there's, you know, there's there's a lot of variety. There's a lot of humor in the concert. There's going to be you know, some and, and reflections in between each one about what made me write the piece. So, for example, I have a beautiful daughter with Down syndrome, and I talk about children with disabilities, and I talk about pro-life, and I talk about charity, and I talk about what these children yearn for, which is love, like everybody else. And yet we in our culture have become very comfortable with forgetting about so many people. I played in a rehab center not too long ago in Phoenix, Arizona, and, you know, it just, it's just staggering. I, I, I'm just constantly reminded how comfortable we have become forgetting about inmates and people with disabilities. Like, you want to make my daughter's life? Come for tea. Say, Anastasia, I'm coming over for a tea party. That would make her world. And so we can people in our own life, get our neighbor, be at a school, you know, so I'm, when I go and I play in schools, I really try to encourage the children, look out for the kid that is alone. That, all that is very, very pro-life and pro-recognition that every soul is made in the image of God, the kid that's always agitated. There's a lot of people in this world, gentlemen, who are easy to love. And then a lot of people, like, you know, for example, the, 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 the beautiful guy, the beautiful girl, the successful guy, the guy that lights up the room when he walks in the room, the girl that lights up the room when she walks in the room, they're easy to love. And then there's a lot of people in this world, like I played for this, this group of people, they were Down syndrome adults, 40-year-olds, who are, you know, I mean, their pants are half, or half of them, their pants are soiled, tough, right? So yeah. they're more difficult to love. And so my thought is, that's Christ. You know, I had a Down syndrome man sitting in the front row, pants soiled, very poor hygiene, conduct my concert. The whole concert, he was there mm. waving his arms in the front row. And I told my musicians, did you recognize that conductor? And they said, no, who was that? And I said, that was Christ. So the idea that when Christ said, he said, said, what you do for the least you do for me. He didn't say what you do for the most. It's easy to love those who are the most. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think about... I think about that 19-year-old, too, you know, who had the satanic tattoos and and who, who crying, right? And the people in the prison and the jails and, and those you visit, like, that may be their one and only encounter they receive with Christ. It's not to say that Christ can't work through other ways, but, but your ability to bring Christ to them could change their lives for the rest of their lives. And that's... I, I, do, 
That's amazing. I get that a lot. And that, that's, I mean, that's a great observation. And I'm very grateful. I get that in mail a lot. And when guys get out, I hand out my brochure with my phone number and my address on, um, or my, you know, my business address on my brochure to every inmate. And, you know, people say, oh, isn't that dangerous? And I think, look, if you're going to do the work, do the work. So I get a lot of calls from prisons, you know, on, on weekends and also when they get out. And a lot of them will say that, you know, and because music is very disarming. You know, you're not going to yeah. talk somebody into hope, but if you move them in their humanity in a way they've never been moved before. But the thing that makes me sad is that we've known this for thousands of years. Confucius spoke of it. Aristotle spoke of it. Plato spoke of it. Aquinas spoke of it. Ambrose spoke of it. They all spoke of it. Mm-hmm. And yet, now, we, we don't behave like that's even the truth. So what are we giving our kids? What are we giving our youth? Are we bathing them in beauty? If beauty uplifts the human condition, why aren't we bathing them in beauty? And that's I'll never know. So my goal isn't to fight that. I'm not, I'm not sure. That's not my fight. I've got to stay in my lane. And what I have to do is just play for anyone that will ask. Young, old, rich, poor, successful or not, no matter what the condition, you want an Eric Jenis concert, you'll get it. So I'll just give you an example of who's forgotten, gentlemen. I was, out, I was asked to play for a youth prison out in California. 11-year-old boy, when he was 11, his, he got sick, so his mother drove him to the hospital. She just never picked him up. So here's a boy that was just trying to at the hospital, right? Now, you can't imagine that, but that is part of the whole thing. That goes on all the time. This boy then committed his crime. He's been in there nine years. He's 20 now. Gentlemen, never been hugged, never been affirmed, never been told that I love you. Nobody's ever said, hey, when you get out, I'm going to work with you, and we're going to really make this work. Nothing. Zero. Mm-hmm. Never, this boy's never been told happy birthday, not Merry Christmas, zero. Everything that you would consider human is foreign to him. That's the forgotten. And there's many like him. Wow. There are guys who, who, whose families are in prison, and when they go to prison, you know what they say? Hey, what took you so long? In other words, this is just our culture. And I'm not talking yeah. and if you, white, black. Eric, I'm sorry, we have about 20 seconds here. If you do want to listen to Eric in person and you're in the Fargo-Moorhead area or even a little outside, he is going to be here Monday, September 20th at 7 p.m. at St. San and Joachim Church in Fargo. That's Monday, September 20th at 7 p.m. Thanks so much, Eric. I'm sorry we're out of time, but thank you for the gift you are to others and how you bring Christ with you every day. Well, thank you both for your kindness, and thank you for what you do, guys. Awesome. Thank you, Eric. Uh, All right, up next, he's the patron of orators, and his feast day is today. Stay tuned to learn more about the life of St. John Chrysostom when we return on Real Presence Live.